0: This the Live Life Aggressive Podcast, Sincere Hogan and my man Mike Marlowe, the blind man. And again, we said many times before every show, you guys could just be privy to what goes on before we start recording. <laughs> but you know, maybe yeah. one of these days, one of these days, it could be Well,
1: We have we a fun stuff. time with guests, especially when either one of us know them personally. Exactly. then we can really let loose. I mean, a lot of the guests we have, we've never met them before. You know? And we're so still we still
0: let loose. We don't
1: care. Yeah, <laughs> we, we still do, but sometimes it's a feeling out process. Exactly. You don't want to be that guy who just drops this joke and then all of a sudden it's all quiet on the other <laughs> end. And you're like, okay, moving on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in other words you can't you can't bring up a bleach bleaching a hole yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> in anal bleaching for example you have to know your guest when you before you bring up a topic like that It'll probably come up today cuz we know our guest pretty well today <laughs> but before we get to that remember folks you can support the show by using coupon code lla to get 10% off any of my nutrition supplements my testosterone booster my recovery oil help you sleep at night my restorzyme get rid of all those aches and pains so you have better workout recovery all the videos, ebooks, t shirts, basically anything you see on my website. And then I'm sure my estrogen blocker will be out by the time <laughs> this show comes out, but keeping my fingers crossed on that just in case it isn't. But you can use it for that too. You get 10% off. And that's something women can take as well to help balance out progesterone and estrogen. And how about with you, man?
0: Yeah, same thing, man. Go to my website. You can go to newwarriortraining.com. use the same coupon code, LLA, get 10% off all my products over there as well. For all, I'm, it's, it's cold outside right now at the time that we're recording this. And I'm starting to get a lot of people who are wanting some warm drinks and start talking about coffee. And hey, man, do you have any more of the Tarria doors in stock? The big ones and the small ones or whatever. So just hop over to the website and you can use that coupon code for 10% off of the Tarria doors that I do have in stock. So you can give the gift of coffee this holiday season when it's coming up and even after that, if you listen to the show after that or whatever. And also, you can get 10% off my wellness code book as well as my Weight Manager 101 course and my DVD, my bodyweight training DVD, which I'm sure with our guest today, we're going to talk a lot about that as well as far as bodyweight training and training more or less without weights and the benefits of doing that. So, Hey, hop over there and grab that DVD. And especially after we have our little discussion today, folks. So, newwarriortraining.com, coupon code LLA. And also, don't forget, you can support the show even further by going over to iTunes and Stitcher and subscribing, reviewing, And rating the show and then sharing the show with all your friends and letting them know about the great content, great guests like we have today and share that information with them as well. Don't keep it all to yourself. Don't be a hoarder. Okay, so let the rest of the world know that, you know, hey, man, here's a great podcast that I listen to and I want you to be privy to this as well. So, again, hop over to iTunes and Stitcher, leave that review, give us a rating. And again, make sure you're subscribing too. Don't just listen and then bounce off. You know, those subscribes are very important. Those downloads are very important. So hook it up, folks. And that's just another way that you can help support this podcast.
1: Sounds good. Mm-hmm. And our guest today is David Weck. It's a guy I've known for a couple of years. I met him through our mutual friend, Steve Cotter. And David is actually the guy who came up with the bow suit. And mm-hmm. some of you may think, well, the Bosu, the Bosu sucks. Why do you have that guy on the show? It's like, well, a lot of people love the Bosu, a lot of people don't, but that's going to come with anything that's really successful. So, anyway, mm-hmm. all of that stuff aside, what we're going to talk about today is how did he reach us a high level of success with what many think is just a simple concept. So, here's a guy who took it to a very high level. And then he's working on some really interesting new stuff. So, mm-hmm. we're going to get into that as well. So, David Weck, how are you doing today, buddy?
2: Oh, uh, fantastic, Mike and sincere. Thanks for having me on the show.
1: No
0: worries, man. Good,
1: good to have you, man.
2: Let's talk about with
1: how this whole Bosu thing started. And did you actually think it would go on to have this gigantic level of success?
2: Uh, yes, for sure. And I'll start the story. Little oblique reference, but I fell asleep standing up when I was five years old. My father tells me the story. There was a dinner party. The guests left late, and they turned around, and here I was, five-year-old standing up. Sound asleep. Must have been a boring dinner. (laughs) Uh, Well, for a kid, it was very exciting, but I don't think I could hold on or whatever it was. But um the the, I I raised that because what happened there was a a deep imprint on the nervous system of Mm -hmm. this concept of effortless power. The idea that you know you can you can have a standing erect posture with no conscious input and the least the lowest threshold strategy possible. Right. And the idea behind that is that you keep everything else in reserve. So you're you're truly a neutral, ready to pounce, pulse, you know, e- express the full amount of power. And so the BOSU ball sort of has that at its essence. It's a very simple concept. And I'll give you the brief history on how it came to be. I was a football player all my life. Uh, Come graduation from college, where I played football, it was obvious that I was not going to be a professional football player. So it was like, well, what the hell am I going to (laughs) do? I I worked on Wall Street for a summer and decided, well, that wasn't going to be my life. So (laughs) I I made a leap and I I went into acting. I just, okay, I'm going to be an actor. Right. So (laughs) that meant I was a personal trainer. And I, I basically. <laughs> 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 that <laughs> meant, you're right. you
1: meant you worked at Starbucks, exactly, <laughs> or
0: you're a waiter.
2: Well, yeah, yeah. I did it one shift of waiting tables. I said, "Screw that," you know. <laughs> and then I I went into personal training, and it was sort of a natural fit. Um, and it, it you know I made forty grand as my best year as an actor, and you know so that obviously is not a lot to survive on in New York City, but. During that time, I fell in love with rollerblading because Manhattan Island is basically a roller rink. I mean, everything is paved except for, you know, patches of grass in Central Park. So you literally are unlimited in the scope of where you can skate to. And I skated nonstop for five years where I literally did not walk or run out of doors for five years because it was effortless to skate. And I could do anything. I'd jump over cars, hang on to cars, go down any staircase I want, (laughs) jump over stuff. It was a ton of fun. And it was effortless. And I could skate around the city faster than you could. I could get cross town faster than a cab. Can't go all the way up and down as fast as a cab unless right. you're holding on to it. But, uh, <laughs> so anyway, that, I tell you that because it made my feet exceptionally weak and like so oh. freaking weak that like I couldn't even walk on cement. I couldn't walk. I was on a rocky beach in France. I had to crawl off the beach. There's, you know, beautiful topless women all around and I'm crawling around. <laughs> well, that explains
0: the crawling, right?
2: <laughs> I'm also, yeah. Better the position, man. What are you talking about? That <laughs> <Yeah, laughs>
0: gives you an advantage. What are you talking about? Yeah, right. Exactly.
2: <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so, so basically here I am. I'm very athletic, very strong up top, but my feet are, you know, new by a week And then that led to a back uh, issue where I I dropped my motorcycle one day. I picked it up, felt the twinge. Three days later, I collapsed in white hot pain, and it lasted every single day for a year. Mm. And nothing worked to get it better. I was miserable taking painkillers, and just every single day it hurt. And that's when I found a product called the Stability Ball, a large exercise ball. And just the balancing on that, that sort of reflexive writing and adjusting it started to give me relief from my back pain. And then, you know, because it's the neural thing. You're in a protective brace. And at that time, I didn't know, have a clue on how to get rid of it. And then your balance reflex almost like his reset enough times that that contracted, tense, protective brace in the back began to let go. And then I started to feel better. And then I saw uh, Paul Czech standing on the ball on the internet one day. And I said, huh, that's interesting. And immediately I tried it. And got to be pretty good at it, and the cost for failure on that is very high. However,
1: and yeah. <laughs> especially if you have a barbell on your exactly. back. Exactly. <laughs>
2: yeah, right. It, it, especially if you're jumping from one to another. Um,
1: <laughs>
2: and then, especially since I have a background in Feldenkrais, which is sort of a somatic learning where it's about minimizing the effort so that you can really discern the subtlety uh-huh. of the gradations of force. I would like close my eyes, tilt my head back on that ball. And I took some nasty falls. And one night, it was a super nasty fall. I would kick in my feet to make sure I could still do that kind of a fall. And it it scared me straight. I was like, all right, that's it. I'm done playing around on those balls like that. So laying in bed, I was thinking to myself, like, what the hell am I going to do? Because my feet were starting to get strong and my back was feeling good. So how am I going to continue this form of training? And that's when the idea hit me that if I cut the ball in half and then it was just like, snap your fingers, holy shit. That's a huge idea. I had an idea of the metrics on the stability ball, you know, worldwide sales. And I was like, okay, I've never seen a half ball. And arguably, I'll have even more utility in it. And I see millions and millions of units, you know, and just being an evergreen. Like once it's introduced, it's just going to be here forever. And I recognize that. In less than a second, like I knew in my gut and I was very excited because I was approaching 30 as a starving actor, Yeah. you know, really starting to wonder, like, what the hell am I going to do here to, you know, to put myself in a financial position that I want to be in? And you were? What were you on? You
1: were on Days of Our Lives, Our Passions, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Passions, wow! <laughs> General Hospital. I know you were on some soap opera.
2: Well, I, yeah, I mean, it, it, we, it was, it was, it was several of them. It was several of them. But let's see. It was the. Uh, you know what? I'm I'm actually spacing on the name right now. It was. Um, huh Days of Our, Li- uh, Days I, I of I our forgot, Lives. I forgot actually right now. <laughs> But, yes, I was I, – I'm not proud to say that I had a recurring <laughs> role on a soap opera as a plot-pushing cop who, you know, it was good because I'd work three or four days a month and I'd make enough to pay rent and cover all expenses for the month so everything else was gravy. Yeah. But, like, I, w- I would literally hide on the set from the camera. You know, it, the red light goes on, that's the camera that's on, and I'd, like, step behind a guy, you know, and the director's voice over the loudspeaker would come on and be like, you know, you got to get yourself in the view of the camera. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs>
1: You're the, you're the only actor in the history of acting who's trying to
2: get less time on camera. <laughs> you know? well, yeah, and I just I don't know. For me, I didn't aspire to, you know, to get on the soap, but it right, was sort right. of like, you know, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. And some people did make a transition from there. And my acting days, I had some close calls where I'd read with producers or read scenes with a named actor and you know, come close, but you know, never pulled it into the boat. And that yeah. was that was kind of frustrating too. Yeah. Right. But but anyway. Uh, that opportunity came, it was a Friday night by midday Saturday. I had my first prototype built. I went to the hardware store, bought a round tabletop, cut the ball in half, stapled and glued it on there and, you know, secured it with tape. And I literally had my first device that was functional by Sunday. And I had, you know, wall-to-wall clients, nine appointments a day. And I would, you know, top secret, put it in a big hefty bag and skate to the next appointment, test it out with, you know, a 52-year-old woman, test it out with a seven-year-old boy, test it out with an uh, 88-year-old man, and everybody I could do stuff with. And it was – and basically what makes the BOSU ball special is it's a unique balance of stability and instability. It's, so it's a stable-unstable. And when the right. dome is up, it, you know, when when balance is upset, you, you, you don't have the same threat. Because you can always just get your foot to the ground, and what that allows you to do is allows you to commit 100% of your weight, so you're not you're not apprehensive and creating state, you know that static sort of you know double sided contraction that's not conducive to movement. Where a device like a DynaDisc or any other device where you mm. generally your nervous system has a fear of falling, uh, that doesn't happen on a Bosu ball. And so if you know what you're doing with it, it can be very useful for. Increasing the the ability for you to to more quickly relax and load the ground. Mm. So at a at a deep neural level, you can you can pattern that so that you're just you're faster to loading the ground as one of the benefits. So I, I knew it was gonna be a big deal. And you know, I also knew that it would cater to a lot of different market segments, you know, outside of the scope of where my personal interests are, but You know, in the personal training industry, bread and butter is, you know, that sort of 30 to 55 year old woman is really the bread and butter of the industry. Right. And it suits their needs perfectly. It's a fantastic device for that market. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, I just knew from the outset that it was going to be a big deal. Yeah, I mean, kinda, what
0: do you what? Do you, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just saying it was kind of smart that you start testing it out on like seven year olds and 88 year old clients, because one thing about it, you have to worry about them stealing your idea. Like one is on their way out of the world and the one just got into the world. So <laughs> it's kind of smart that you tried it out on them instead of someone else who could probably like, oh, OK, this is a good idea. I think I'm going to use this, too. Well, well,
2: yeah, that's that's really funny because a big part of the puzzle was the intellectual property on it. So it was like (laughs) it was a top secret device that was only, you know, in public in hefty trash bags.
1: Right. What do you think is the biggest misunderstanding about the benefits of the Bosu?
2: Um, Well, I think that if you come from a strength training background where bigger, faster, stronger is the objective and you try to. And you try to fit the square peg into the round hole, as it were, trying to replicate or duplicate that training objective with the Bosu ball. Well, then you're really not—you're missing the point of it, right? And you know, there's a pivotal study uh, done by a guy named Eric Cressy. I don't know him, but you know, I'm sure he's a good trainer. Um, He he did a study in his graduate program where he used Dyna discs to sort of you know test the efficacy of unstable surface training. And a Dynadisc is, you know, it's a cushion that's 100% unstable. You can't commit your weight to it. You certainly can't jump up and down on the thing. And then the protocol, if you're trying to lift what will be sort of, you know, a heavy load on a Dynadisc, well, I wouldn't even need to perform the study to tell you what the results are going to be. Otherwise. Right. So, you know, I mean? and then people cite that and they, they act as if unstable surfaces is like one uniform category. Well, ground based exercise is all the same because the ground is essentially the same. Because, you know, it's just a constant flat. And, you know, there's varying degrees of density, whether you're on turf or, you know, zebra mats or, you know, hard rubber floor, or whatever. Sure. But it's all a stable surface that's predictable. Now, unstable surface training is unique to each individual modality a bongo board or an indo board. That Mike, I you know, there's that picture of you pressing a big old bell on top. Oh, of Oh, let's the, not bring so. that up. <laughs> <laughs> right? I'm still um, trying. I'm still yeah. trying to recover from that
1: photo. <laughs> yeah, right, right. right.
0: But,
1: <laughs> people, 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 still make fun of that photo. <laughs> I was like, come on, guys, that was 12 years ago. <laughs> I, I,
2: I have it. I have it up on my bedroom wall. So. <laughs> <laughs> No, but the point being is that's a very different training stimulus than, uh, you know, than a stability ball, <laughs> right. than a disc, than a whatever. And a BOSU ball is unique to itself. So I think the, for the people who don't like it, they tend to be of a, of a strength training mindset. Um, and I think it's more of a, a misinterpretation because I'm all for strength training. I mean, you know, I, I, I love it and I think that's a staple element. But you can enhance your ability to apply your strength and power a greater percentage of the time where and when necessary once you've had some training with the BOSU ball. So right. as, a, as a means by which to enhance your athletic application of strength and power, then it is a very useful tool and the enlightened athletes of which, you know, you, you look at the naturals like a Randy Moss and the, I mean these guys all use it so it's it's not like it's for sissies and i think that that's you know we all evolve as people and i think you know the, when you're a younger guy the testosterone's real hot and your ego's real big and then you know you get a little bit older and you start to learn humility and you start to have an appreciation for hey you know what some of my ideas as a younger person maybe they're not 100% hard and fast and correct maybe i can open my mind and learn something Uh, And I think that that's the path. And I certainly have experienced that curve in my life.
1: Absolutely. I think the big mistake is a lot of people – use the bosu for stuff that you didn't intend it for such as doing heavy squats on it and they're doing power cleans on it with the barbell and then all of that is ultimately associated with you and people assume that you're disseminating that exactly that's
2: like yeah i think i think you're right and i think there's also like you know like you said when something's successful then there's going to be a certain amount of people who just don't like it i mean think of jesus i mean he's pretty popular and there's you know half the world hates him and willing to strap bombs on their bodies you know because they don't like them um You know, whoever it is, yeah. you know, whatever, whatever right. it is, there's always going to be dissenters. And I, I think when you have a popular device like the Bosu ball, then it just becomes representative. It's sort of like any gripe you have with, you know, unstable, that becomes the, you know, the poster child for it. And then you just, you know, you start striking at it when, you know, for example, a study didn't even incorporate a Bosu ball and now the Bosu ball sucks. Right, so, <laughs> right. You know, I think that that's – it's just misinformation, and I think that when the dust settles, especially because I'm launching a new BOSU ball now that sort of – it took me 14 years to discover it. But what I did was I increased the density of the dome so it's a lot more firm and stable underneath you, and then there's a specific training area that puts your feet in this dorsiflexed inverted position that is sort of the the, the spring-loading effect that forces you to reorganize the center and the pelvis – and it leads to an instant priming effect where I can enhance your squatting form when you get back down to the ground extremely fast. And guys like Cotter have experienced this and big, strong dudes who you know lift 600 pounds have experienced this. And results speak for themselves. So at the right. end of the day, when the dust settles, I think you're going to see you know a, a conversion of the people who hate the bosu ball they're going to eventually like it unfortunately it's a different version so they'll be able to accommodate the ego and say well i, I, you know, I hate the original still but you know i like this new <laughs> well a lot of people i mean hate
1: is kind of a strong word to use too but uh, i mean it's, it's appropriate because there are people that have that feeling but they
0: don't really they don't really even know why exactly you know, they, i just don't like know, i hate it. that I
2: just
1: don't thing. like it it's just you ever know. used it no i just don't like it I
2: just it.
0: don't like it. right, right. i've yeah. in the gym, I just don't like it. Like, what? <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah,
2: and, and and you know, and there's a there's a place for everything. And, and you know, if if you're associating it with, you know, the person who's doing five pound pink dumbbell curls and that's not your thing, then, you know, I, I that it's understandable that somebody could have a misinterpretation of it. So right. and You know, right when the Bosu ball launched, it was at the perfect timing because the, you know, the stability ball was like all the rage and Paul Check was very popular and all the sort of, you know, unstable stuff was very popular. And so it it hit right on the crest of that wave. And, you know, the pendulum always swings a little too far in both directions. So, you know, people started applying the BOSU ball to like everything. And it's not designed for that. It's it's designed to be one essential element of a complete program. And for the person who's not as enthusiastic about exercise and fitness like, you know, the three of us are and many of your listeners – Well, if anything to motivate them to get moving, that's a good thing. And we're all on the same team at the end of the day in terms of, look, we're in an industry to help people. It's a very noble industry. And constructive criticism is where it should be. It shouldn't be like, you know, castigating and, you know, calling everything bullshit and stuff. When I hear people bash CrossFit, I just say, you just what's the point? You know, it, be constructive in your criticism yeah. and don't try to don't try to step on the heads of others to make yourself popular. Right. It's, it's exactly. just, you know, it, it, at the end of the day, yeah. nobody's
0: winning from that. So. Right. We don't just marginalize, just just put it all in one category. Like, oh, all CrossFit sucks or, you know, all unstable type devices suck. It's just like, OK, if, is it the, the device that sucks or is it the person that's using it in a very asinine way? That's the one that sucks. And that's what you need to look at. So a lot of times, even with that CrossFit argument, it's not CrossFit. It's just a brand. It's just some of the jackasses that you see doing jackass things. Well, then just point out the jackass. Don't call it just all CrossFit or whatever to that point or whatever. But let me ask you this, David. With that type of stuff, with anything that's going to become popular, of course, there's going to be negativity and it's going to be the naysayers out there. But, dude, how did you handle that? How did you, like, prepare yourself? Because you knew it was going to come because you already saw that this is going to be a product that was going to blow up, you know, just a few days after it hit you. So with that, you know, there's going to be the naysayers, There's going to be people that's going to take shots at you left and right. How do you prepare yourself and put on a thick skin for that? Or was it, or was the skin even thick enough for that at the time? You
2: know, it's real. It, that's that's real interesting. You know, it, when what I learned when I was riding motorcycles is that you know when you race a motorcycle, you don't even have rear view mirrors. I mean, you just you're going forward and you're not looking back. You're just going, and so like give an example of a funny one. I went up to a friend's house. Uh, you know, he's from college? His father exceptionally successful. We're just you know I I bring this device up and I'm going to show him. I'm going to show his father. And we're at this, you know, beautiful mansion on the beach, and you know, big party. And I, you know, pull him aside, say, "Check this thing out. Open up the trunk of the car." I show it to my buddy. He's like, "Oh yeah, it's cool." And I show it to his father. He's like, he looks at, it, he turns around, he goes, "Go to med school." <laughs> just- <laughs>
1: what, a, what a response! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. like, "That sucks. Just go to med school." Man. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, he was just like, you
2: know, "You're wasting your time. You know, this is nothing. You know, like so." And. <laughs> And I think it's the kind of thing where like I, I I trust my gut and when my gut tells me something, then I have to honor that. And regardless of what the criticism is, it's, you know, do you believe it or not? And do you hold fast on your convictions? And if you're ultimately determined that you were wrong, well, I'd be first to admit it, snap my fingers and get in line with what's true. But I just had a belief in the efficacy of it. I felt it personally. I demonstrated it with people directly. And, you know, and at that at at that time, a lot of the people weren't anti because it was brand new and they were intrigued by it. Mm -hmm. And so uh, here's how I did it. As soon as I was patent pending, I went out to the U.S. ski team and I sold the first two units to them because it's just natural for them. And I've been official supplier to the ski team since that time, every year since. And Sean White was just on an interview two days ago Mm -hmm. saying that, you know, the BOSU ball is one of his favorite training tools that, you know, helps him land his jumps better. So ski and snowboard is natural. And from that, I took it to the Yankees, the Lakers, the New Jersey Devils and then the Rams and the Ravens. And they were all sort of the respective championship teams in the big four and Rams and Ravens. You know how football a calendar year is not the same as the Super Bowl year. So that's right. I bracketed it. And the logic there was, you know, look, don't trust me. These guys use it. They bought it. They, you know, I didn't give it to them. They bought it and they actually use it. And so that let me parlay the story into the, the, the personal training market where that's where the bulk of the effort has been. Uh, is in the fitness world, and then physical therapists and occupational therapists and a lot of others have just sort of, by proxy, taken it from that uh, nucleus and, and you know applied it to their given disciplines. Right. So. I didn't really pay attention to criticism in the sense that it didn't slow me down. If somebody was a critic and they just didn't get it, well, it was like, okay, it, I'll, I'll catch you later, and I mean that. Like, you know, eventually later, I think I'll catch you. In the meantime, I'm going to go after the people who respond well. Yeah, we saw that happen
1: with kettlebells too. People that are, were initially thought it sucked, <clears throat> years later, were doing it and very enthusiastic about that. I saw that happen many times. Well, foam
2: rolling, Mike. Think about foam rolling. That sure. was yeah. that was a complete gimmick, a waste of time. Blah, right, blah, blah. right. Now, go back in time. Heavy lifting. You're an athlete. You don't get muscle bound. The right, curse right. of death is to right. lift big heavy weights. I mean, so th- there's a fundamental law, and in, in when when something new comes out, anything innovative that's going to make a lasting difference, first you have sort of just ridicule. So it's it's just okay. It, that's ridiculous, you know. Of course, that doesn't work. And then after ridicule comes sort of a, a more entrenched sort of uh, you know denial that like you know it becomes an emphatic you know this is you know, no no that thing's wrong it's bad, and then it gets to the phase of oh no of course that that's great it's always been great <laughs> right, you know, like, right. and so you look at weightlifting, foam rolling, kettlebells. I mean you know. They're all tried and true, wonderful modalities, and at, they all had their time when they were crap and bullshit. So, right. you know. Right.
1: It's right. So it's a natural progression of yeah. things. When did you hit a big growth phase with the BOSU?
2: Well, you know what's interesting about that is it's just been a steady climb since day one, and, huh. and we're still climbing. I mean that's what's really cool about it is right. – It's literally year over year over year. We just do better and better. And, uh, you know, we had that 2008 thing where, you know, sort of went flat, as it were. But, you know, we didn't suffer that badly, Um, you know, took us off that, you know, sort of consistent curve of just, you know, an inclined slope. But we're now making strides all over the world in in ways that we hadn't. We've got new versions. We've got a, a brand new little miniature one for kids. Um, and and certain other markets where they just don't have as enough uh, as much money. Um, and and my new Bosu Elite. Trust me when I say that this one this one is the one that like I am so proud. I, I even put WEC method on the device. It's a pivotal training element for the training that I do. It, it's not to say that the original is bad in any way. They're different. It's like hot tea and cold tea. You know, it's the same stuff. It's just a different formulation and strategy. And whereas the first one sort of provides this infinite proprioceptively enriched environment that's like, whoa, you instantly, you can't stand still. The Bosu Elite is a very targeted proprioceptive environment that's spring loads. So it's about the loading and the time on this specific form of tension that's going to force your body to adapt and adjust to it by better fascial integration, better bone alignment. And, you know, ask guys like Cotter if it works, you know, so again, results will speak for themselves. But I, I have that gut feel once again that this one is a very special and that this is the one that's going to round up the, the naysayers and have them say, shit, I, I put 30 more pounds on my overhead squat, and that was the pivotal piece in the puzzle. Oh, that's Ooh. cool. Now,
1: <laughs> years ago, we all hung out. It was you, me, John Hines. His girlfriend at the time, I think now wife, Jessica. And we're all making, we're all having a good time, Rob. We we're, were teaching that weekend. We're busting on each other, having a good time. And then after all of you guys left, I'm sitting there watching Fit TV. Right? I'm flipping through the channels. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, Dave Weck shows up on Fit TV leading an aerobics class on the Bosu. <laughs> um. And I was dying laughing. I was like, man, why couldn't have this come on when we were all hanging out? We, we, we would have died, man. Everyone would have died of laughter if that came on at that moment yeah so, so where, <laughs> yeah. I'm, where i'm going is were there were there any strategies that you tried coming up where looking back you're going man that, that was kind of a blunder or, or that was that was a wrong turn
2: well, you know what? It's it's the kind of thing where you know, look at Sylvester Stallone and his career. I think his first movie was this like sort of C-rated porno, say, where yeah. the porno that he always yeah.
0: speaks about it that didn't happen. Like, come on. Yeah, right. Exactly.
2: Like, the, you know. So, so I think you know in that in that sense, I think a lot of these things just sort of get you know turned under and forgotten about, fortunately. And that, you know, th- that was something where Mike, you don't know how hard I worked for that damn thing because once 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 I decided to do it to lead a class on the music with the eight count. Like I had never done that before. It was like, you know, I, it took me three months of like every day going like one, 2 three, 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 three,
1: someone's got to put this up on YouTube. Oh my God. And, and, you, you And you can really see Dave's acting background. Now. Come, no, you can, you can see his active background come through because <laughs> you look, you looked like you watched one too many Galad videos. You know,
0: before you <laughs> no, you're right. You're, you're absolutely
2: right. You're absolutely right. And fortunately, fortunately that's uh it's something that I think it's, you know, I'll be forgiven at the end of the day, and most people will never see it.
1: And I'm joking <laughs> too, man. I'm not, of course. I'm not, I, I'm I, not like I, really giving you a hard time. I just thought it was funny because you try stuff out – but, it, but it, just just you a character in that little <laughs> skit or whatever you want to call it was hilarious to me. You're like, okay, ladies, you know that line you want right here. This is how you get it. You know? It's way different when you actually
0: know the person. you it look like, funny, wait a man. minute, he doesn't talk like that. What is he doing, man? <laughs> <laughs> I just had lunch with this guy. Well, that's
2: I mean, it's you know what you know what's funny about that, and it, it really is funny. I mean, I I can look back at it and I can genuinely laugh at myself too.
1: And we all but, have stuff like that. Yeah. We all have moments like that. Believe right, me. Right? Yeah.
2: Just <laughs> not on like a broadcast, but. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, fortunately not on nationwide TV. <laughs>
2: right. So, uh, so basically, you know, like Steve Connor made a comment to me recently. He's like, you know, the way that you train personally and the way that you work with individuals isn't the way that you sort of, you know, the 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 way that the Bosu Empire works. And right. and I'm very cognizant of that. And it's taken me a long time to sort of. I don't know develop enough of uh, an understanding and unique perspective on movement training because that's one thing the bosu ball did for me was it gave me time and it gave me resources and I live in a beautiful city San Diego I live at the ocean and you know for for 10 years I've had the ability to basically schedule my day as I see fit for the most part and I don't surf, I don't ride bikes, I all I do is I study movement training and I went to Chinese medical school, I've, I've trained all over the country, all over the world with experts in various disciplines, I've worked with professional athletes, helped some break world records, So I've had a tremendous study opportunity to get engaged in that Malcolm Gladwellian, you know, 10,000 hours for real, and you make certain discoveries in that. And when no deliverables are due, essentially, you're not under pressure to put it all together. You can make as many mistakes and chase down leads because you're not under the gun to deliver that solid hour where it's like you can't afford to make a mistake, which means you can't take risks. And that has been a unique opportunity, and all the things that I'm doing now are really informed by that unique opportunity. So that's, you know, I it, it was worth doing that Fit TV thing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, what are you what are you working on now? I know you've you've gone into some other directions where you've come up with
0: some really interesting ideas. Yeah, I actually saw a video the other day on Facebook. Like when we started following each other, it was the um oh man, it was the the quick hands, <laughs> the quick hands, Olu oh, yeah, training. Yeah,
2: well there. Yeah, well, the Bola Trainer was a device that I had tried back in, I think that was as far back as 2004. Mm -hmm. And it was a great hand-eye coordination device. I could get that thing at speeds of over 110 miles an hour. It was two soft uh, foam balls connected by an elastic tube or elastic cord. And you do all sorts of coordinative drills with both hands. But In this day and age, when you're competing against all the electronics and Xbox and stuff and the attention spans aren't really there and then it's the sports-specific training, there's really – if Duncan were to launch his yo-yo today, that that device that's probably sold a billion units over its lifespan, I don't think he'd do too well launching a yo-yo today if it were new because it's a (laughs) skill-based (laughs) toy. that you know what do you rather play with Johnny Xbox or a yo-yo and you know <laughs> back when he was doing it there was no competition it was right. you, know, you want to play with a yo-yo or you want to play with jacks like what do you want <laughs> <have? laughs> <There you go. laughs> so that device i put that one on hold because it took me too long to turn over the inventory and ultimately it's a business so uh, the stuff that i'm doing now i'm launching a new product called the RMT club and the RMT stands for rotational movement training and i know mike you're a huge fan of clubs this, I'm a huge fan of clubs. I'm a collector of clubs. I've got, you know, many, many different sets, all site, shapes and sizes. Right. And for many years, I've sort of had this idea of I want to build one that, that meets the specs I want, namely having a soft head on top. And it opens up the possibilities to do more things with it. And this one has a soft club head and it has a steel shot, like BB type material inside that gives huh. you this tactile. It it lets you really dial in the patterns. It lets you be very precise, and it lets you strike things because it's soft, and so you can make it a high intensity exercise. Whereas you know clubs generally aren't high intensity; it's more mobility stuff. Right. So this is a very exciting product, and the feedback we're getting is outstanding. So I think that this one's going to be another home run. And I think, you know, it. it's the kind of thing for it, it will really suit anybody, you know, from someone like my mom who'd never pick up a conventional club. She can pick this one up. But athletes, we're developing the sports specific programming for baseball, golf, tennis, hockey, even surfing, believe it or not, because of the proprioception of where the hands have to be in surfing. Sure. So it, it's it's that's that's like first and foremost on the burner right now is the RMT club. And then the Bosu Elite, which it was just this lucky accident discovering it. We were testing some new materials, and I just happened to, you know, get this harder dome that was like, hmm, okay, well, what can I do with this? And I started playing around, and I found that sweet spot where I was like, holy shit, my squat just got better, dude. Nice. <laughs> and then nice. like, whoa, like I, I've, I've been doing this <clears throat> two weeks, and now I'm running better. I'm hitting the ground, like my, my foot is receiving the ground and transmitting the force cleaner. And like it, it is special. So I was like, you know what? I need to build this now. I don't care if we've got RMT on. We're gonna go with this too, which is generally not the way you do it. But that's that's going on. And then I've got another thing called Core Fist, which is a it was a discovery I made. Uh, sort of the balance between sprinting and striking so i had been studying sprinting and this spiraling effect winding and whipping the hands to to make them move the fastest with the least mm-hmm. amount of cost to the proximal body right and i helped i helped tyson gay with these techniques to iron out a you know a, an issue that where his right hand was starting to do the wrong things and taught him these techniques and he beat usain bolt shortly after he broke the world record in the 200 meters straight and then he ran his personal best in the 400 meters before a hamstring injury but all those things immediately after and he's on record stating how he used the technique in the 200 meter world record so it was that's the straight version of the race so I, i was using that technique and drilling it and then i'm a huge boxing fan so i watch boxing religiously it's my favorite sport to watch Mayweather was fighting Mosley. It was May 1st, 2010, and I was in the fight. Two, round two, Mosley hit Mayweather, and he hit him. You know, wobbled, hit him, and I got excited. I jumped up, my hands went to this position, and it, then, then that night, I closed down that position, and then I had a core fist in my hand. And I recognized, holy shit, my bones everything is stacked and backstopped into the palm of the hand, all triangulating. And this thing's indestructible. Like I can hit full force with this thing. I don't need to wrap. I don't need to tape. I can hit. And it creates this circuitry of bone alignment that now when you squeeze it and clamp it down, you're routing the force back in. So it doesn't slow you down the way a conventional fist will do. It actually can, you can use it as a movement trainer. So and I then it was just like, holy shit. And I just trained and trained and trained that. And that one's a massive challenge because the inertia – of a conventional fist is, I mean, if, if you get happy, you make a fist, you know, touchdown, you pump a fist, you get mad, you make a fist, the baby's right. hand will make a fist. So it's I know, what Mike, I know where Mike
0: is going with this. I can hear him giggling now, man. <laughs> oh, but honestly, man, this is actually, that's the video that I saw on Facebook. It was the core fist. Okay. And even yeah, I was sitting there trying it. I was like, how in the blue hell are you tangling your hands up like that, man? So it was like a challenge for me to even just sit there and do it, man. But it made it very, it was very interesting. And then once I got it, I got it. I got. It. I was like, okay. Yeah,
2: but well, it, it, it can take expert assistance to get it, and that's yeah. why I created this device. But it's the kind of thing where it's not on my front burner now because the new RMT club and the BOSU Elite are much simpler concepts right. to sell. Right. And right. the core the core up until recently, I didn't really even have a way to monetize it because I didn't have. A, now I have a patent pending device and patent pending, you know, gloves and you know all the accoutrements that I'll be able to make money on and facilitate people to be able to do it and assimilate it. And the story is much bigger than fighting. I mean, you know, and, and you can make an argument that you're not going to teach old dog new tricks. So right. it's sort of the next generation that's that, that will take hold. And if you look at, like, the Fosbury flop, which is the – that's the technique for high jump. When Dick Fosbury broke the world record using that technique in 1968 in the Mexico City Olympics, it was – poo I mean, the, the Olympic coach himself said it's bullshit, doesn't work, it's dangerous, it's a fluke, and it took ten years for that technique to really take hold and now become the standard because you know there is nothing better. So, it's it's up against that kind of inertia, and so I'll I'll, I'll get into the battle on that one shortly after we we get the RMT and the Bosu Elite up and running. Right.
1: And just going back a little bit, when you decided to move forward with full force with the Bosu. Did you have to generate any kind of fundraising? Did you have your own money that you put into it to build this company, or did you have to get some fundraising to get it going?
2: I got funds to get that going, and fortunately at that time it was two, it was you know ninety nine two thousand, and yeah. that's when. Everybody was a millionaire. You know, the painter was quitting his job. To be <laughs> right, <part>. right, <laughs> yeah. You know, oh, what do you do? Oh, I trade stocks. What do you do? You know. <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. and, yeah. <laughs> and so you had the dot com bubble, and I was very fortunate to have an angel investor that put forth the investment that literally let me just go. Like you know, I didn't I didn't have to think twice about dropping. You know, whoops, hold on a second, my computer. Oh, no, no, no problem. No problem. Um, the uh, With the iPhone upgrade, now everything I own rings when the phone rings. It's the computer, the (laughs) iPad, the phone. Like my tooth starts buzzing. Uh, So, so I had the I had enough funds and enough in reserve to say, okay, you know, I got to take a trip to Park City. Bang, go do it. You know, I gotta I gotta drop one hundred and sixty thousand dollars to build a mold. Okay, do it. You know, like you're measuring twice and cutting once I can assure you and you're very very you know you're you're making careful decisions but you need funding if you want to take anything anywhere and right. otherwise you're going to get eaten alive because you'll'll you'll, you'll sort of get halfway in and then others will be able to just sort of see it and take it from you yeah. with yeah, funding yeah, yeah. so <laughs> it, it's something where you definitely The number one reason why small businesses go out of business is a lack of cash flow. Right. Cash flow you can think of cash flow is blood to the brain, it's oxygen to the brain. Without it you die. Yeah. And you need a steady supply of it and it can never get cut off. Four minutes of being cut off and you're done. It's over. Yeah. You always
1: say you have to keep your head above water long enough to jump onto a yacht <laughs> you
2: know?
1: yeah. problem is yeah. my problem is so many companies they're not able to keep their head above water Everybody long enough. They're, they're, yeah they're on the yeah. precipice and then bam funding runs yeah, out right. they drown
2: exactly. yeah if you get a big gulp of water in your mouth and then you can't grab onto that you know to, to the line that's on the yachts then exactly. you'll never get yourself in it so right yep and, and there's you know there's different ways to do it. Like you can start with a yacht, you know. <laughs> but the only problem with that is that that can hit ground and then sink too. So right. you know, I, I was a much more organic approach, and I've always based it on. If people genuinely use the product, meaning it's not just a sale, but there's recurring use, now you have a business that can thrive and go on indefinitely. Right. If it's just about making a sale, which, you know, it, the one thing that P90X and CrossFit, those two factors have really done is they've really eviscerated the bullshit message of, you know, three minutes a day, no effort, get your results, because right. you don't see that the same way that you used to see it all the time. Yeah. But right. those products, I mean, you could have a product that on TV would sell seven million units and, you know, the people would just have money pouring out of their ears. But three years later, They're you know, gone. in musical chairs, I mean, the, the mm-hmm. day that the last sucker bought the last one, <laughs> you know, there was still there was still <laughs> a big inventory you know, waiting for a whole line of other suckers. And, you know, so someone took it on the chin at some point. But, you know, in the right. meantime, they made boatloads of money. And now, you know, it's either a, a clothing <laughs> rack in, in a landfill or, you know, at the swap. <laughs> Is it out- the Goodwill?
0: It was, yeah. I wonder, <laughs> right. You
2: wonder how many millions of copies
1: of Taibo exists somewhere.
2: <laughs> well, right, right. I mean, that, and that, and, and Taibo wasn't even like, you know, that was on the P90X frame where it was like, wasn't even a product. It was just a program. Yeah, so, right, right. So, but, you know, I think that the uh, the industry is always changing. But one thing that will always remain the same is that you need you definitely need to have, uh, you know, you, you have to have some bullets in the gun if you want to take a product anywhere. Right. So if you don't secure the en- enough funds, then I would advise, like, keep your J-job and maybe try to license your idea.
1: Right, right, right. Now how did you get into major distributors such as targets I mean Bosu is everywhere sports authority target Walmart Kmart. yeah exactly <laughs> how did the all how did that all come together
2: well, well I uh, about several years in I made the decision to license the product so oh, okay. you know I essentially was buying my time and I you know fork in the road do I build my own empire or do I buy my time and license it? I and I decided at that time that I wanted to buy my time so that I could, you know, do what I truly love to do, which is explore movement training. It's it's my greatest passion other than my kids. And that sort of that decision put me into, you know, that that bigger world of like okay, a, a, a firm that had the resources and the connections to sort of say, all right, you know, we're ramping up to that. And it was several years at first of building the demand In the in the gyms with the trainers and the instructors that led to it, because, you know, without that momentum and the ball rolling from actual usage and all the media coverage, you know, Lance Armstrong training on it, you know, all these. It, Ladanian tomlinson training on it and all these pictures and magazines and stories and tv if you had just put it on a shelf at target on day one you, you'd have failed dismally because <laughs> right. you, know, you want a hundred dollars for what like what the hell's the thing even do you know so <laughs> you, <laughs> right. you need to have you need to have the story behind it in order for the demand to be there and so that was sort of you know Building that organically and then three or four years in, then the retail opportunity really came about and, you know, we thrive at retail.
1: I'm just glad you never went down the network marketing route oh my <laughs> <God>. <laughs> <laughs> because that's something we make fun of all the time when we're hanging out many years ago you oh we're talking about, it's like hey do you use soap well, let me tell you about my company you know
0: do <laughs> you, like you, like you, coffee, you use you?
1: laundry
2: detergent yeah it's always Dude, their the I company hear all, i hear that all the time
0: like hey sincere, i know you like coffee to my talk about my coffee like wait a minute your coffee
2: <laughs> yeah but well, yeah, i got tipped. i got tipped off to that in my 20s in new york city when it was like you know oh yeah you know i run my own company you know we should go to lunch and discuss this you know there's opportunities for you here and then, then it was, you know, that whole thing of, like, you know, you're going to use laundry detergent anyway, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, my gosh. Now I, now I just, like, I run from that. I don't care if they were selling, like, you know, solid gold for free. I'd probably run from that.
1: <laughs> I... Uh... I, mean, I, don't, I haven't had a network marketer pitch me in a long time, but the last time it happened, I was on a plane somewhere, and I was like, there's no way I'm going to get stuck listening to this jack-off for four hours. So I counterpitched him on why network marketing is such a flawed business model. And By the end, by the end of the flight, this guy was pretty demoralized. He was all quiet now. He wasn't talking to anyone. I was like, yeah. Yeah, think about think that,
2: Mike, Mike. You you can be pretty uh, pretty uh, compelling and imposing, so I'm sure he's <laughs> quite <played> the beating.
1: <laughs> hey, that that inspired me to write a chapter that ended up being in my book. You know, don't ever join a network marketing company. So I should I should that this guy did me a favor. <laughs>
2: but yeah, Mike, I think the key to that, the, you know, the the proviso to don't ever join a network marketing company is like, but definitely start one (laughs)
1: exactly (laughs) that's true true. the only way to make money in that is to start one that's true
2: you you have to be the bird that's on top of the pyramid
0: and that way you stay clean or they call it (laughs) it the eagle level that's what they call all all those different levels of selling or whatever man (laughs) right right
1: now you also have a lot of people that come to you all the time going hey david i got a great idea how do you manage all of that
2: yeah. Okay. So that's, it's a very good question and you're right. You definitely get that. Like, Hey, let me pick your brain or, you know, Hey, I got this great idea.
0: I just cringed when you said that. I, just, I was like,
2: Oh yeah. <laughs> I want
1: to
0: yeah. pick your brain. See, about that right I'm there makes me want to use it. the core fit, core fist right there <laughs> on somebody's throat. Yeah.
2: Right, <laughs> right, right. But I mean, and the, the thing, the thing that I've, uh, for several reasons, I, I, I have a formal intake procedure with non-disclosure and all sorts of provisos That, you know, clearly states it. I charge you 300 bucks upfront payment for me to even evaluate it. I will return your money if I deem it to be something that I can't really give you good advice on. And, um, you know, and sometimes I'll tell you, look, you know, don't spend another dime until you do these things, you know, so this this was the smartest 300 you ever spent because I just saved absolutely. you, you know, right. the 15 grand that you were about to drop on, you know, some ill-conceived idea. Right. And then I've had those consults where I've had, you know, three and four repeat consults as the stages of development have progressed. And it's like, oh, wow, what you started out with was a bit afar, but now you really got something here. So right. I basically do it as a formal thing. Um, and, you know it's it's not the crux of my business but uh, it it is pretty fulfilling to get an ambitious and capable person who you know just needs a little bit of advantage and advice right. and so you know I protect myself with the formalities of you know everything is disclosed in the proper ways and all things are understood prior to but yeah it's something that I do and so generally if somebody just says hey I want your advice I just you know politely and say, look professionally I, I, I'm not in that business. I can't do it. It exposes me to risk and you know so you can go to my website and check out you know, the, you know inquire and we could do it formally if you want to do it.
1: Right. now it exposes you the risk in the sense that you could tell someone something and then they try it and then there are certain consequences that come with that and that can bounce back on you somehow.
2: No, there's more the risk of the other way around, where somebody's going to submit an idea to me. It's going to be similar in some manner okay. to something yeah. that I do or have okay. done, and now it's like I stole their idea, kind of a thing. And ah, now, okay. you know, the, the, the problem with lawsuits is that even when you're right, they still cost time and money. Absolutely. So, right. you know, it's still just a giant sinkhole for resources, and time and money is your resources. You know, a lot of them anyway. So absolutely. It, you want to avoid any kind of a litigious situation where it's a misunderstanding. And look, you know me, Mike, I'm a man of my word. It's, you know, I, I, I would never intentionally cheat anybody or lie to, you know, to get ahead. That's, that's just not the cloth I'm cut from, but you can't say the same for everybody. So somebody, (laughs) somebody can try. And I've had, you know, I've had the employee situation where like, you know, person tries to rebrand my stuff. I mean, it's just, you know, and really they don't Yeah. I mean, you know, it's just sort of like one day, you know, guy quits and then, you know, a month later you you see on the internet like, oh, oh, okay. So that's, <laughs> <laughs> now it's a, now it's called something else. And he invented it. Oh yeah, I get it. You know, so again, I don't look at yeah, that that,
1: that brings about my next question. Are there have there been knockoffs of the Bose especially oh. especially in other countries where maybe
2: yeah. you you don't have as much control? Mike, I think that there's probably 20 different knockoffs at a Bosu ball. Really? And yeah. yeah, literally 20 and and or maybe even more, I don't know. But they none of them have any traction whatsoever because yeah. they they first of all the device is usually just a piece of garbage. I mean, literally like, you know, it's someone who you know, some Taiwanese company that you know, oh, you know, they see them everywhere. Well, let's make our version, you know, and let's do it as cheap <laughs> as possible, right? And make a, <laughs> a piece of garbage. You step that, on know, it and it, step and it, when it pops. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, and it's just it's made from poor components, and it doesn't it doesn't have the right properties. It's you know, it's it's just it's just a piece of junk, and there's no programming behind it. So it, it's sort of you know, none of them have any traction. So that's that's fortunate. But the reality is, is that you cannot be successful without imitation. If you are not imitated, then you are not successful, and yeah. that is a that That's is a hard mm-hmm. that is a hard and fast rule. Yeah. I mean, you know, look at your smartphone today and compare it to your phone 15 years ago, and think of okay, you know, who was first, and now what is everybody doing, right? Right. 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 So, new innovation will always spawn the copies. And the Bosu Ball, fortunately, it is so simple. And fortunately, I over engineered the thing. We've made it in the United States since day one. It is a top, top quality product. So, so good in quality that it's almost like shit. You know, thing's 10 years old. Guy doesn't even need to buy another one yet. Like, I mean, it is a great product. So, You can't, nobody's going to come into the marketplace with a better product. That won't ever happen. So they'll only come in with a lesser product. And, you know, fortunately, we've been able to maintain the, you know, 98% of the market or whatever, you know, some huge percentage of the market.
1: Yeah. Now, how did you get the whole personal training community educated on the benefits of this? I know that's a big marketplace for you.
2: Yes, yeah, so yeah, definitely. Well, there's the associations like Ace and Idea, and there's a Sarah City workout, uh, you know, roadshow where they have m- many cities and they have conferences and trade shows. Okay. So that was really where we, you know, invested in the promotion for it, because it, that's where you have a concentration of people who, you know, want to learn what's new, and they're servicing the clients who this is perfectly, you know, suited for. And so that That process was just, you know, year after year after year of in every single show I'd go to, I'd sell out all the units that I brought. And one of the shows I brought 750 BOSU balls to one of the shows and I sold more than 750 at that show. So, you know, literally didn't have to ship one one back to the factory. So that that's what really got it entrenched. And now it's a mainstay in many gyms. And like I said, the BOSU elite. Is really the device that I think at the end of the day is going to fill out the rest of the gyms.
1: That's pretty cool. Was that is that something that's already out or it's on its way?
2: It's well, it's it's all it just has launched, but we ha- we the demand has been so great so far that it's outstripped our capacity to make them. So if you order one now, it's four to six weeks delivery and. You know, we brought it over to Europe, and they just, you know, the distributors over in Europe were like, you know, I, I want 500, I want a thousand, you know. And so, it's, we have tons of molds that build the original, but we don't have tons of molds yet that build the elite. So, oh, I see. You, you sort of have a bottleneck of we can only produce X number each day, and the demand has outpaced that number. So we're building new molds, and I mean, it's it's a good problem to have, but <laughs> right. yes, it's it's available. And, and, and literally, I'm just uh, launching an online certification program so a trainer can now go online and get their first level certification, learn the product, and then, you know, be able to offer their clients something unique because it's all yeah. about, Mike, I did a little bit of, uh, you know, just, you know, recon and just got myself familiar with some of yours. Like, do I tune into your stuff probably three or four times a year? I'll go to your site. I'll read a bunch of your articles. I bought your book and I read it. Uh, so I keep my finger on the pulse, but I went back and sort of, you know, just watched a bunch of your videos through the past week. And um, why the hell did I even bring this up? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm hoping there's a compliment in there i forgot why i brought that like, up. i checked
1: out your website <laughs> and new stuff sucks <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you know, no, 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 read your book I, I, it reminded me what not to do you know <laughs> I,
2: oh, here's, why, here's why i brought it up is because you even said that in one of your interviews you were talking about kettlebells and how you know you'd been training with them for a year and you know prior to so and i remember the picture of you mike with that home fashion kettlebell <laughs> yeah, back right. Right. You know, before Mike Mahler was Mike Mahler, I remember that picture, <laughs> um, and that's before I knew you too. And so the uh, you said you were like I wanted to get into the fitness industry, and I wanted to have a unique selling proposition, and I believed in kettlebells personally. I thought it was a great home device that you didn't need a gym. You know, it suited many different people. And so you decided that you were going to do kettlebells because that was the unique selling proposition. And the winners are those that get in the game early. Those become the authority and they become the resource that people want to get their information from. So that's really the key. If you're a trainer, what separates you from the other person competing for the client? It's it's your knowledge and it's your ability to deliver new and useful information. So that's the kind of thing. That's why That's why I brought that up. Yeah, well,
1: thank you. Now you've you've spent actually you you actually are very well versed in effective marketing as well and you've taken a lot of courses and so forth. You took Matt Fury's course years ago. We talked about that. I mean, what, what are some of the principles that you have found that you've been able to infuse in your business that have been that have been effective?
2: Well, you know, Mike, that's a very good question, and I and I'm going to answer it very honestly. I, I really don't think I'm a great marketer. Um, I I just you know. I'm very fortunate, and I've surrounded myself with people who have more talent in that regard than myself. Uh-huh. What I have is I have, uh, you know, I have a good sense of what has utility and what doesn't, and I have brutal honesty, and I have belief in what I believe in, and a faith that, you know, at the end of the day, the good guys actually do win. Um, so that's sort of the thing that keeps me banging a drum, and regardless of criticism or not, but. I, uh, I brought on a new, a new, uh, guy in my company and he really heads up the marketing aspect. So if you go to weckmethod.com, he's the guy who's really putting all the efforts together, the sales forces, all that stuff. So I'm. I'm not a you know and and I'm a pretty strong willed person, so if you're just wimpy and you can't really present an argument, then I'll steamroll right over you and it's like, okay, <laughs> right, what do you have to contribute? you know, give me an idea and if you can't, then bang, you know let's let's move forward with with this idea and the I'm surrounding myself with people who we get to the fork in the road I might say right and they say, well, no, we want to go left and they convince me. And my expression, the best idea wins, and I love to be wrong because if I'm wrong, it means that I now am right and I've learned something and I'm better. Yeah. So yeah. that's and and like the Matt Fury example, like I always like that was I never even put those principles into practice because it's a different business model. That's like you know the sole prop guy sitting in his kitchen in the underwear keying out you know. Keying out awesome copy and getting you know <laughs> a band of followers to you know to buy your DVDs of you in your living room holding a scrap of paper outlining six exercises. So it <laughs> his strongest suit in my opinion is he's a gifted writer who's very entertaining yeah, and for that person on the internet that his customer is that guy who paves driveways who is intelligent and just wants a no bullshit approach and like he's on the internet you know and he. He, that's his customer. And right. so my, my, my customer is, is far more people than that. And the person yeah. who's not necessarily, you know, combing through forums about, you know, detailed intricacies about the push up, you know?
1: Yeah. Right. 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 Now you have a much broader vision with what you're trying to do now with I what help, you are. Doing. I want
2: to help as many, I want to help as many people as possible. And, you know, right. the, that remuneration or compensation is, you know, in direct proportion to the the number of people that, you know, benefit from the things that you put forward. So no doubt. yeah, yeah.
1: <clears throat> now you started off as a one man operation and then uh, how many employees do you have now? I have six right now. Okay. So we're so still, still relatively we're, small. Yeah.
2: Yeah. We're, we're very lean and agile and you know, that it's, it's, uh, I don't know that I ever really want a huge, uh, sort of infrastructure. It'll yeah. time. Will yeah. I mean, my business will evolve through time just because it has to but um, now we're putting all putting together all of the different components that I've learned through the years into Weck methods so prior to it, it I sort of Bosu came from the name both sides up right you know, you flip it upside down or not? And then it morphed into this concept of both sides utilized and sort of the idea that it's right, left balance. It's, it's upper, lower, it's, it's, it's uh, fast and slow, hard and soft, like balance of all things became sort of my training mantra to understand the center. You got to understand both sides and strength and balance are really interwoven. It's tension and relaxation that defines movement. So that became my training uh, paradigm. And I, Sort of had this vision that Bosu was going to be a, a brand that would transcend a product and become a brand, and then you know just through the years the way it's evolved and the way it's unfolded I, that's just not the way it's going to go. So I created the banner of Weck Method, which is the brand that will house you know the the, the new Bosu ball, the RMT clubs, ropes, body weight training, etc. So. That's the brand that I'm now building, is sort of the name brand.
1: Oh, makes sense. Well, hey man, we appreciate. You know, we know you're a busy guy. We appreciate you coming on board. And where can people find out more information about the new Bosu and other things you're working on?
2: Uh, weckmethod.com, W-E-C-K method.com. You know, all the conventional handles that I still haven't wrapped my hand around. Like, <laughs> at Weck Method and <laughs> Facebook Weck Method, and you know. Fortunately, I have people in the office who, you know, that that's not what I love to do. Um, <laughs> right. But yeah, you can you can find all the resources there, and they're constantly being added to, and we've got just so much excitement and new things coming out. That you know, if anybody's intrigued, you know, tune in and then tune in again because it's it's growing and evolving.
1: That's awesome, Very man. Good. Well, hey, it's always great to hear about your continued success. You're definitely a good role model for people that have ideas that they want to get out there and how to do it right, how to do it successfully. So I encourage people to check out what you're doing. Thanks again for coming on, man. We appreciate it.
2: Hey, this yeah. has been great. And uh, Mike, I look forward to the next time we get together. Sincere, I look forward to the the, the first time we can get together. Face <laughs> exactly, to face. Man. Same here, man. All right.
1: Take care. Take care. Take care, Dave. Yeah, have a good thanks, one. guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. And that's our friend Dave. Check out WeckMethod.com. And you can find a lot of information about Bosu and a lot of things he's doing. It's all over the internet. And also, you can support us and find out more about what we do. One thing you can do is you can go to MikeMahler.com. Use that coupon code LLA. You get 10% off any of my nutrition supplements, best stuff out there, Ebooks, videos, T-shirts. You know the whole deal. Use that coupon code. Support the show. And I see people using that coupon code a lot. So I appreciate those people. (laughs) They're really helping keep the show alive. And a lot of you guys are just writing their tale. <laughs> so don't be a tail writer. <laughs> Use the coupon <laughs> code, be a leader, be an innovator, and show your support for the show by supporting our respective businesses. And how about with you, man?
0: Same thing, man. Go over to newwarriortraining.com, do the same thing. Use that coupon code LLA, 10% off of my bodyweight training DVD, physical and the digital copy of that, my weight master one-on-one course, a 12-week course, taking your taking your own weight management into your own hands, not leaving it up to chance with anyone else, man. Truly understanding how your body works with the way you train, the way you, the way you eat. And this time of year, it, that comes in handy because this is when things start becoming a hot mess and then you try to make up for it on January 1st. Well, you know what? It's how you get the jump on January 1st by doing this program, man. And also, you'll get 10% off of my Costa Rican Charia Doors, which are for a pour-over coffee method, which gives you a much fuller, much more tastier, less acidic cup of coffee. So therefore, a lot of you have issues with coffee where you're like, oh, it upsets my stomach. Well, a lot of times that comes down to the fact that if you're using like a drip method from the drip machine, it's going to either be, it's going to be, usually it's going to be overextracted. And then a lot of times it also comes down to your water, it also comes down to your beans. But most importantly, that last method is also the way it's extracted coming from that that drip coffee method from that machine. So this way, you have a little bit more control and the coffee is filtered on a much better circumstances. And I have received nothing but 100 percent praise for everyone that's bought doors and the coffee they're making now. In fact, I just had an email over the weekend where one of the guys that bought it was saying that um, he was at a concert, I believe, and a friend gave him a cup of a certain big box chain um, coffee, you know, with a logo that's usually green with a mermaid on it. So, <laughs> who and who remain, who remain nameless, you know. But he was saying, you know what? I was reminded after having that cup of just how crappy. You know, the coffee was before I started making my own with the Cherea door, man. And, you know, I truly am grateful that I bought it from you. So, you know, he wants to get some more for his family. So, oh, hey, cool. jump on board with him and hop over to com. Use that coupon code LLA and you'll yeah. get 10% off of yours as well, man. And I, a lot of big things coming down the pipe is for you coffee lovers out there. So just stay tuned right here. And the way you do that is by subscribing to the show, downloading the show, rate and review us and keep coming back here constantly every week you don't have to worry about did you miss an episode because if you subscribe then you know first of all on ios 8 i don't even have mac and i know this you know your ios 8 is now updated the podcast player or whatever so all that's taken care of now so you'll never have to miss another episode as long as you subscribe you don't have to worry about if you're missing one so do that folks subscribe download share rate review let the world know and we'll appreciate that man
1: and we'll appreciate you by getting off the phone right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you can get on with your day. Get on with your life. Now, go live your life aggressively. So I'm going to. All Thank right, you, well, everybody. We'll see you guys next time.